The power goes out some time before dawn, and everyone at Commonwealth wakes to swelter. In the Fennessy apartment, the window fans have quit in mid-rotation, and the fridge is pimpled with sweat. Mary Pat sticks her head in on Jules, finds her daughter on top of her sheets, eyes clenched, mouth half open, puffing thin breaths into a damp pillow. Mary Pat moves on down the hall into the kitchen and lights her first cigarette of the day. She stares out the window over the sink and can smell the heat rising off the brick in the window casing. She realizes she can't make coffee only when she tries to make it. She'd brew some on the stovetop, the oven runs on gas, but the gas company grew sick of excuses and killed their service last week. To get the family out of arrears, Mary Pat has picked up two shifts at the shoe warehouse where she has her second job, but she still has three more shifts and a trip to the billing office before she can boil water or roast a chicken again. She carries the trash can into the living room and sweeps the beer cans into it, empties the ashtrays from the coffee table and the side table, and one she found on top of the TV. It's there she catches her reflection in the tube and sees a creature she can't reconcile with the image she's clung to in her mind, an image that bears little resemblance to the sweaty lump of matted hair and droopy chin dressed in a tank top and shorts. Even in the flat gray of the picture tube, she can make out the blue veins in her outer thighs, which somehow don't seem possible. Not yet. Not yet. She's only 42, which, okay, when she was 12, seemed like one foot over the threshold into God's waiting room. But now, living it, it is an age that makes her feel no different than she always has. She's 12, she's 21, she's 33, she's all the ages at the same time. But she isn't aging. Not in her heart. Not in her mind's eye. She's peering at her face in the TV, wiping at the damp strands of hair on her forehead when the doorbell rings. After a series of home invasions two years back, in the summer of 72, the housing authorities sprang for peepholes in the doors. Mary Pat looks through hers now to see Brian Shea in the mint green corridor, his arms full of sticks. Like most of the people who work for Marty Butler, Brian dresses neater than a deacon. No long hair or bandit mustaches for the butler crew. No mutton chop sideburns or flared pants or elevated shoes. Definitely no paisley or tie-dye. Brian Shea dresses like someone from a decade earlier. White t-shirt under a navy blue barracuda. The barracuda jacket, navy blue, tan, or occasionally brown, is a staple of butler crew guys. They wear it even on days like today, when the mercury approaches 80 at 9 a.m. They swap it out in the winter for top coats or leather car coats with thick wool lining. But come spring, they all bring the barracudas back out of the closet on the same day. Brian's cheeks are shaved close, his blonde hair cropped tight in a crew cut, and he wears off-white chinos and scuffed blank ankle boots with zippers on the sides. Brian has eyes the color of Windex. They sparkle and glint at her with an air of mild presumption, like he knows the things she thinks she keeps hidden, and those things amuse him. Mary Pat, he says, how are you? She can picture her hair splayed sodden on her head like congealed spaghetti, 
could feel every splotch on her skin. Power's out, Brian. How are you? Marty's working on the power, he says. He's made some calls. She glances at the thin slats of wood in his arms. Help you with those? Oh, that'd be great. He turns them in his arms and stands the pile upright beside her door. They're for the signs. She seems to remember spilling beer on her tank top last night and wonders if the scent of stale Miller High Life is being picked up by Brian Shea. What signs? For the rally. Tim G will be by with them shortly. She places the slats in the umbrella bucket just inside her door. They share space with the lone umbrella with the broken rib. The rally's happening. Friday. We're taking it right to City Hall Plaza. Making some noise, Mary Pat, just like we promised. We're going to need the whole neighborhood. Of course, she says. I'll be there. He hands her a stack of leaflets.